this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindu's in focus podcast with me k bharat kumar the indian rupee has had an interesting run these past few weeks it strengthened in response to investor inflows into the markets but started losing steam soon after the federal reserve chairman jerome powell's testimony to the us congress in which he said controlling inflation would continue to be the focus area does the rbi have a choice beyond keeping step with the fed in raising interest rates further what does it mean for our forex reserves tune in to listen to dr biswati dhar vice president council for development and former professor of economics at the jnu So, Professor Dar, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. I really appreciate your uh, sparing time for us. Thank you very much for having me here. So, if we dive right into the topic here at hand, uh, Professor, uh, the rupee for people not clued into the arena, uh, there was a pleasant surprise. The rupee seems to have strengthened a bit in the early part of the last, say, if I look at the fifteen to twenty day period, and it breached the eighty two level on its way upward and settled somewhere in the eighty one and dot nineties. So before we go into other factors that happened more recently that sort of helped weaken the rupee uh, could you give us some color of what you think was you know seemed good for the rupee something positive that was on the horizon and probably disappeared very quickly thereafter Yeah what happened uh, during that phase that we talk, talking about when the rupee actually got strengthened was that the foreign portfolio investment which was rather volatile in the period before that became more stable so it that lent uh, uh, a lot to the, st- the stability of the uh, of the of the rupee so if if i see the if, if the numbers the fi fpi numbers which have been seen quite regularly you know uh, fpi really got interested in india for various reasons and uh, one of the reasons of course is that uh, india uh, provides uh, relative policy stability as compared to other countries uh, and uh, emerging countries in particular and and therefore india has a lot of attraction so the, the and uh, uh, fpis uh, uh, started coming back once there was certain amount of certainty that uh, the fed is not going to tinker with uh, the interest rates at least at towards the end of of uh, 22 now one other thing that actually happened was that in in november uh, even in the fdi space net inflows into india was actually negative and then there was a recovery in december and then you know so so i would i would uh, ascribe this kind of strengthening of the rupee to the movement that is was happening in the the capital market both in terms of the short term flows and the long long term flows and, uh, and and then things started looking uh, much better but 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 as you would have also seen that uh, in the last uh, few weeks the rupee has started depreciating once again so it's again back to that level of uh, 82 plus uh, and uh, you know uh, it's been hovering around between 82 and 82.6 and this is what the numbers that i have have, have shown understood and that's for good reason because um, i think uh, you, you know investors or speculators were hoping that the us would pause you know you know get more accommodative and you know won't be so hawkish on uh, interest rate increases but um, mr jerome powell in a recent testimony uh, talked about the need to control inflation even if it meant losing 2 million jobs um, as, you know that was part of the question that he was asked 
uh, there will be pain, but that's necessary so that uh, for the larger good, we have to control inflation and hence we will probably increase rates. So the, was that a surprise to the market? Because, uh, you know, the hope was uh, likely otherwise uh, you know, pointing to the opposite direction. Oh, surely, surely. In fact, uh, you know, there was a lot of cheer in the uh, in, in the U.S. on the kind of numbers that were coming out both uh, from the economy as a whole, the way the uh, the growth rates were beating expectations and also in the labor market. Because uh, the unemployment rate uh, was at a historical low level in the in the past weeks, and uh, in fact there were more jobs on offer than people willing to take jobs. So I think the number something was like uh, they were for against every one one uh, person there were one point nine uh, jobs available. So so really we're getting to a situation where um, uh, the labor market was was extremely strong. But there were also certain certain reports that uh, uh, the labor force participation rate was not uh, doing as well, uh, and uh, so the numbers that were being released by the, the government on the labor market that wasn't really reflecting the the reality. But uh, that aside, I think given all these uh, you know the good things uh, that were happening to the U.S. economy after a very long time. No one really expected the Fed to come and upset the apple cart. And when uh, Jerome Powell made the statement, he gave his testimony, the, the, the two sets of testimonies that he gave to the Congress. I think now the you know the U.S. economy is uh, staring at a really uh, down the barrel. So uh, does the Fed, uh, if you were to be in Mr. Powell's shoes, uh, does the Fed need to be so hawkish? So what is it the reason that gives them? Because uh, I understand that there is always a balance between controlling inflation and not stifling economic growth. And, you know, central banks always try and do that uh, because when inflation goes up, the, the the hardest hit are the poorest in any country. Uh, but if even if given that uh, at this point in time, when the whole uh, world is sort of teetering, uh, not knowing whether, you know, Western economies will go into a recession, maybe it's a slow uh, growth situation or a soft landing. So many terminologies being used. Does the Fed need to be so hawkish? Uh, would you agree with the path that seems to be going on with? No, I, I really don't think so. Because uh, again, with all, all the estimates coming about, uh, being made about what the situation is going to be in, in 2023, the growth prospects in 2023, uh, Fed could have avoided uh, putting an extra level of pressure and uh, willing the global economy towards uh, a more serious downturn. This was really not not uh, required. Now, I, again, on the on the larger issue of inflation, you know, I've always I always wondered uh, whether the uh, the central bank, the you know, officials, the the they, they they make a distinction between what is really causing the inflation. So is it is it really the demand side which is uh, creating too much of, of of pressure that needs to be controlled? Or is it really the cost push factors? Because you know, with with all the things happening uh, uh, with with Ukraine, Russia, Ukraine, and and uh, disruptions in the supply chains, the the Chinese economy going into a tailspin. Of course, now it's recovering. So uh, I think there are a whole lot of a whole lot of other factors uh, which are which could be responsible for the cost push. Now, if there is a cost push in push uh, cost push inflation, there's little that you can do by uh, your uh, the monetary policy. Uh, in fact, the monetary policy could uh, send the economy into a, 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 a bigger distress uh, 
um, uh, if the if they continue using monetary policy when the you know the malady is somewhere else. So in the beginning, I would say that you know because the U.S. Uh, had uh, pump primed so much and created so much of excess demand through the Biden's policies, there was a need to uh, tone down demand. You know to bring down demand and 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 have a more sobering effect on inflation. But I think down the line there are other factors which I think the Fed is not really taking into consideration very seriously. And, uh, and and that is creating uh, a problem. And and like uh, uh, if the U.S. needs, the entire world gets a cold. And uh, Fed needed to be a lot more responsible because it's the impl- implications pretty globally felt. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, and, and if there is a downturn, of course, the poor in the smaller countries, the low-income countries, they get hit most. Okay. And considering that uh, emerging economies like uh, India always have to be conscious of the interest rate differentials. So if uh, the Fed rate uh, hikes rates, then so does the RBI have to back in India, which means this jock trot that the RBI has been on for the past few months, uh, increasing rates, maybe at a slower rate more recently than earlier, that will continue. Uh, it looks like, you know, or or is there a point when we say that uh, you know, it's all right. Uh, we can ignore the interest rate differential because of these reasons. Because as long as the, the differential stays, then FPI outflow of uh, funds from India is always a threat. Um, and as a subsection to that question, I was just looking at Canada and they, Canada is getting ready to, you know, probably uh, cut rates saying, you know, inflation has become more benign or whatever. So are these two conditions totally different? Will India ever reach a point where we say it's all right, whatever the Fed does, this is what we'll do, or we do not have a choice. We have to keep that uh, pace with the Fed. No, we, we don't really have an option. Again, as I said uh, at the beginning, if, uh, I was in response to your question about uh, the uh, where the rupee was, and I was linking it to the, the, the capital flows. So if you look at the capital flows over a long, longer period of time, if you look at it from the you know, past two years, then you see... Uh, uh, from the point of view of the of the Reserve Bank and its uh, its uh, you know management, then you see a disturbing trend in the sense that this period when the Fed has been the, has been hawkish, inflows of capital into India have actually softened, uh, and uh, both FDI and and F- FPI, if you take a, the time horizon that I was talking about, FPI they've been net outflows of FPI the longer longer period and uh, now fdi inflows have actually slowed down uh, and and this this year we don't have the uh, the full year's numbers numbers but uh, whatever we are seeing till december we are seeing that uh, fdi has actually cooled now these are numbers that the government of india and the reserve bank uh, they, they they won't like so my expectation is that if the government is really keen to attract, keep attracting foreign investment, and uh, in some critical sectors, and some of the investment in critical sectors, like for instance, uh, uh, mobile phones, some of these electronics items, they are paid paid rich dividends. So the government of India and the Reserve Bank can't look the other way. So they will have to uh, respond to whatever is going on in the in the in, in the Fed. And again, as 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 you rightly said, the term that uses slow trot, I think, is something that we can expect uh, over the next uh, uh, next 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 weeks and months. 
in case of canada you know canada has, has given a very 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 mixed signal on the one hand it says that you know we are facing our own downturn and you don't want to make our uh, life more difficult by following the fed but at the, at the same time they also the, the 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 central bank governor also said that you know we'll have to wait and watch so it's not as if they're ruling out any rate hikes uh, they have paused uh, as for now but they are not ruling it out completely and uh, the other major economies are also weighing their options they they are also not uh, 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 committing because most of these uh, major economies had uh, had put a halt to the rate hikes and uh, i think uh, every every major economy you mentioned emerging economy but i think every major economy is interested uh, in keeping the differential uh, because of the the large implication that i was talking about okay so uh, i know fpi inflows and outflows also impact the rupee and that was the first question and the topic of the day if we keep that aside for a moment and look at uh, the cost of our oil purchases considering we import 85% of our uh, needs as a country uh, that the fact that uh, russian oil which trades at a significant discount to brent crude you know our purchases have been such that uh, as of february for the month of february our uh, russian oil imports accounted for 35% of our total oil imports down from 1% uh, before the war so that does not seem to have moved it may have done something good for the rupee because you know you expend less foreign exchange and certainly not dollars uh, so but that does not seem to have moved the needle too much for the uh, rupee to strengthen even further from its current levels so would would that be an accurate uh, understanding oh absolutely because you know see the indian economy has become hugely import dependent our manufacturing sector is hugely import dependent so if we look at the the major sectors and you know sectors uh, which are uh, the so called export oriented they depend a lot on imported intermediates pharma is a classic case electronics again so so what is happening and, and these are these are all hard, hard currency imports so what is happening is that as uh, the economy has been recovering uh, one can always argue that the manufacturing sector has not recovered as much as one would have expected but it has certainly is doing better than what it was uh, last year so as the the manufacturing sector does better then uh, even agriculture uh, you know fertilizers and others also we um, import using hard currency just the fact that our dependence on oil has uh, uh, moved us closer to the russians and 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 we are getting advantage of the discounted oil is not really happening the rupee too much i think uh, at the end of the day uh, as i see it there is a larger influence that the capital market movements are having on the rupee than than what we are seeing through the trade account okay so which all of this means that the volatility is here to stay so we've seen the movie uh, rapidly uh, decline especially just after the war and then there's some strengthening and then depending on the nuances of uh, central bank governor statements it seems to be seems to be uh, you know uh, swinging and that of course clearly influenced by fpi inflows and outflows so this uh, my you know would you say that the volatility is here to stay because i also looked at the uh, latest uh, forex reserves that the rbi gives out weekly and for the figures that came out on friday 
so it's actually increased but you know to 562 billion it's a far cry from the 640 that we had before uh, the war and all that uh, so as the rupee swings so will our forex reserves but there is no danger zone right now because we do have i think 9 or 10 months worth of uh, import cover we are also uh, importing slightly less because of the global economic uh, downturn so you don't see anything changing in terms of volatility it's here to stay and we'll have to take it week by week or month by month oh yes yes i think the volatility is here to stay at least uh, for uh, the next two months because uh, the expectation is that uh, there is going to be a gradual recovery in 24 23 is going to be difficult uh, all accounts and this was the case even before uh, what you know the fed had, had done and uh, so it's going to be pretty difficult 23 and 24 hopefully would be the period of recovery and then things will come on an even uh, come to an even keel but uh, volatility is the name of the game and and we'll have to we, we'll expect it as we go along and while we're on the subject even though right now it doesn't this particular development does not seem to be related or impacting the rupee in any way but i just wanted to have your view in the weeks going forward will it have any impact on our banking system or on the rupee and i'm talking about the the silicon valley bank that seems to have reached a point where it is there is nearly a run on the bank so it clearly points to troubles in the us financial system and if there is a fall on effect uh on the indian banking system what do you anticipate could be the impact what do you think we should be doing to guard against this no i think uh, you know see continued continued strengthening of the rates certainly will have an impact on the on the banks because you know as the cost of borrowing goes up and we know that uh, a uh, huge majority of our uh, uh, corporates are really working on thin margins and uh, and once uh, this gets disturbed then we could have uh, huge problems for the for the banking system uh, uh, we are expecting the non performing loans to go up significantly after the the covid fortunately that didn't happen but um, if uh, rate hikes continue if uh, cost of borrowing continues to be high uh, uh, then it will be and on top of a situation where the economy in terms of its uh, the the demand conditions is is not doing as well uh, i would I, i i would say so on on top of a demand that is iffy uh, and uh, and then corporates having to do business in a in a situation of uh, a high cost high cost scenario there's going to be a huge pressure on the corporates and and the 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 the, the follow on effect of that uh, the banks could be a problem so i think uh, uh, the regulator will have to keep a hawk eye on on the developments and and that has been uh, one problem that we have everyone is talking about you know most people have been talking about the sebi uh, and uh, how uh, sebi has 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 not uh, fulfilled its its role but i i would say the the reserve bank is equally responsible for this and and reserve there's been less talk about reserve bank's uh, failure as a regulator Uh, but i think uh, reserve bank now will have to get uh, proactive in uh, identifying where the pain points are to identify them quickly so that we don't have a situation like uh, the silicon valley bank uh, happening in india because that is going to be catastrophic cat- catastrophic for uh, for for the indian economy 
that's very interesting sir uh, before it's a final question before we wind up but you talked about the failure of the rbi so you know to a layman who's probably read some uh, news pieces on uh, the learnings for uh, the indian regulator over the last 20 25 years on the banking side uh, you know some failures so we brought in the prompt corrective action network and then a categorization of stressed loans uh, into several sma levels and then even further uh, i think there is uh, there's a debate uh, a paper that is out and uh, debates are going on on um, expected credit loss the way to identify losses and so on but even so i would imagine that uh, a us regulator would be at least um, as good if not more advanced than an emerging markets regulator so for the us to face a you know situation like the svb or the silicon valley bank so the, such a situation cannot be ruled out even in india is that what you're saying and absolutely oh okay okay despite all the measures that we have in place exactly exactly because you know see whatever uh, i have been uh, looking at from uh, the you know the the regulation of the banking sector the system the basel norms you know the the basel norms have become extremely complicated and it's uh, very difficult to implement now you know the as, as as you know that the basel norms 2 uh, and 3 were supposed to take the off balance sheet items into consideration and and then uh, make an assessment of uh, the the risk taking capacity of the banks but uh, we now know that it is almost impossible if not completely impossible to understand what the banks are actually doing out you know outside their balance sheet all the operations that they're doing and that's why i think the the the, the troubles keep on recurring Uh, and uh, so the banking regulation the the basel uh, norms are not good enough in my view and i think it's very important for um, all concerned you know the basel committee to get together and to find along with the banking system the main you know the the, the investment bankers and you know the the, the large banks uh, in in most of the member countries to find a way forward because i think the global economy can't tolerate any more in- instability after we have seen uh, after what we have experienced after covid uh, it 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 will be catastrophic uh, for the global community to go through another round of financial crisis stroke uh, economic crisis i think this is something that we just can't afford so now is the time for the banking system regulators to get their act together to see what are the problems of the of the the basel norms are and to put put in place a a, a foolproof system there is no other go absolutely okay so as a corollary to that is, is there a, a single point or a couple of points that you think that uh, the committees at the international level uh, should be looking at saying okay let's fix at least on priority this or these two uh, points of gap, failure or gaps yeah the the, the major problem has been transparency The, uh, the the transparency in, in 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 reporting the banks have not been reporting in a transparent manner if uh, the silicon valley had reported its problems in, in a transparent manner we wouldn't have faced uh, the problems that we are seeing today so uh, the uh, transparency is 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 the uh, is the critical uh, uh, you know factor and and transparency in dealing dealing with these large banks is something that uh, has uh, has never been ensured so so i would i would expect that the the banking regulators you know try and fix the the malaise by ensuring that there is a greater transparency in in, in every respect 
Excellent. We've uh, almost run out of time. Thank you so much, Professor Dhar, for uh, being with us. Your views have, as always, been insightful. Really appreciate your uh, time for us today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.